Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 10 to 20. I'd like to speak to us this morning about fighting a fight that you cannot lose. Fighting a fight you cannot lose. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, finally, and of course we've got to stop right there, because if he says finally, we've got to you know, find out what he said all the way before. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're not interpreting this passage within its proper context. And so, if you have a look at my Bible in the book of Ephesians, you'll see it, it has all different colors in it over the years that I've read this passage. And you'll find out that when he says finally, you go back all the way, as Billy reminded us a few weeks ago. And so we're going to go back just to see why Paul is saying to the church at Ephesus here, finally. So, you know, you must never believe a preacher if he says finally, because it's not going to take him five minutes to conclude. And neither did it take Paul five minutes to conclude this letter, but it is important to find out what he had said before. And so we see here that before he even get, gets to chapter six, he wants us to know that he had written this letter to the Ephesian church. And there were certain things that he needed to um, address within the life of the church here. But he starts off and he speaks about our secure position in Christ. That we have a sure footing within our lives because of Jesus who became the living sacrifice for you and I. And um, he did everything for our salvation that we could not do. As a matter of fact, we do not contribute a single thing to our salvation. Jesus did it all. Would you agree? He did it all. And so Paul tells us that we are blessed because he chose us, he predestined us. That means that He determined what's going to happen within our lives in relation to salvation. We were adopted as sons and daughters within Him. He says in chapter 1 that we've received redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. He says that we were chosen for the praise of His glory. And then this last one, I personally like too. He says, we were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. And so every believer has been marked by the Holy Spirit. And that mark reminds us, but also everyone else, including the devil, that we belong to Jesus. And because of that, we have a sure in God. That's important for us to realize. And then he goes on and he explains this practically within chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and how we should live out the secure position that we have in Jesus. The older I get, and I'm not very old, I realize that I cannot save myself. I cannot Keep myself saved. Jesus does that. 
that I feel so secure in that. He's got me. Even when I feel that he doesn't have me, he's got me because he is more committed to me than what I'm committed to him. And um, that's a wonderful, wonderful place to find ourselves in. I think we need to hear this message more and more because of all that we are going through. As people, as his people. We were at a conference this past week, about 90 pastors together from the grouping that we've uh, stepped into called Advance. And Rigby Wallace, who was here a few times, as you would remember him, he said that um, as the years progress, Christians will become less popular and more persecuted. And Scripture bears that out. And as a result, we need to understand how secure we are in God. To stand firm, as the Bible says, until the end. And so we've got to read Ephesians chapter 6 with this in mind. If we just take Ephesians chapter 6, we get the feeling that it is all us doing these things. And because we do these things, we'll be firm, we'll be secure. No, my friends, we stand firmly, we are secure because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Seal up the Holy Spirit. And as a result, now we do all of the other things out of faith. And so let's read what Paul says in relation to fighting a fight that we cannot lose. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of darkness of this world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet, fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert, and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak words, that it may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I also may declare it fearlessly, as I should. Declare the gospel fearlessly. Because we have a sure return. Have you ever picked a fight with someone that you knew you were going to lose? That's not a very clever thing to do. Now, some of us are more courageous than that. We, as I said a little while ago, we had two English bulldogs. By the way, I think all of the British people can be so proud of what happened yesterday. United Kingdom, I, I sat there 
listen to the readings, uh, listen to the incredible message that was preached. Um, it, it was very, very powerful. So I just want to commend, commend all of the, uh, the people from the United Kingdom here. But uh, you will see here that if you pick a fight that you know you're going to lose, you're very unwise. We had, as, as, as a family, two English Bulldogs, and they were my dad's. And um, as children, we grew up. Um, the one was called J.R., and the other one was named Sue Ellen. And for those of you who are my age, you would know that it comes from the TV series Dallas. And uh, so um, we had these English Bulldogs. Uh, they were small, but man, they were strong. And whenever we took them for a walk, they would always pick a fight, not with the smaller dogs, but with the bigger dogs. Now, I know that J.R. and Sue Ellen thought that they were very strong, which they were. But sometimes I thought, that is just not very clever of you, to pick a fight with one of these burbu dogs or, 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 or Doberman or, or an Alsatian. You know, that's not a very, very clever thing to do. But we see within the Word of God that we as Christians are involved in a fight. We're, invite, we're involved in a fight which is spiritual, and this fight is global. But we're also invi uh, uh, involved in a fight that is spiritual, which becomes personal for all of us. So we have a war waging on both fronts, personal front, but also the global front. And Scripture here tells us that there is a day that will come, the evil day. Uh, so prophetic significance here for what is going to happen into the future. We understand that. But it is also prophetic for you and I on a personal front. Because sometimes weekly we are engaged in a spiritual battle. And let me make it very clear. The spiritual battle comprises of not only the spiritual that you and I think, well, we've got to pray more, we've got to do this more, we've got to pray, we've got to fast, we've, we've got to do all of those things. So it's, it's, it's not just that type of spiritual realm, but it has to do with the mental realm, it has to do with the emotional realm, and sometimes with the physical realm when you're not feeling too well. And I'm speaking about all of those realms. This week as I was preparing for this morning, I was looking at a whole range of things for today, and I heard the whisper of the Spirit of God. It's so wonderful when you hear that um, as a preacher, because you, you know when God whispers to you. And the whispering thought that came to me was, you're in a fight that you cannot lose. <laughs> you're fighting a fight you cannot lose. You and I may seem so small, and insignificant against such a huge enemy, and may I say plural, enemies. And I felt God say to us and to you, you're involved in a fight that you cannot lose. You're fighting a fight you're not going to lose. Because number one, God, through Jesus Christ, had already won the victory for you and I. 
He sees the beginning from the end. He's given us, Peter says in chapter 2, he says, 2 Peter chapter 1, actually, he says, God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything. And my friends, if you think that it comes from you, you're badly mistaken. It comes from Jesus. When Jesus is central within our lives, as we struggle sometimes through just spiritual battles that we're going through, and they are very, very real, we need to know that Jesus is present. When we go through some of the emotional struggles that we go through, you need to know that Jesus is present, even if you don't feel that he's there. When you go through the mental challenges, my friends, the mental challenges the devil uses to lie to us. He wants us to believe lies because the Bible says that he's the deceiver. His main way of coming to us is through the mind. And he lies to us. And my friends, there are times when I believe the lies of the enemy. But when Jesus is central within my life, it may take a while to unravel those lies that he has placed within my mind, but he has promised victory for us. The book of Romans tells us that. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That uh, I think Ken once spoke about them being more than conquerors. It means that he has already won the battle for us. More than conquerors. You and I need to step into that place. And it's not without effort. It is with effort. It is not without struggle. It is with struggle. But we've got to know that we're fighting a fight that we cannot lose. On the emotional side, my friends, even though Jesus has won the victory for you and I, we've got to understand that we've got to take care of ourselves emotionally. doesn't matter that we can quote all of the scriptures that's in the Bible, but if our tank is on empty, the devil will have a field day with us. Is that all right to say that? It's absolutely so. Remember, Jenny, she was about, I think, six or seven months pregnant. Um, I think it was with Ryan. And she had a very, very good friend, Ellie. And um, Ellie was also pregnant. And, and um, I think they either took my car or their car. And as they took the car, they wanted to go somewhere else. But they didn't check where the empty little arrow was. Of course, at the end of the day, they said, you didn't check it. But, but it was like on empty. So you have these two pregnant ladies in the car, six, seven months pregnant. And as they went through the town called Howick, um, they ran out of petrol. And so Jenny got out, I think, and she started pushing the car to safety being six, seven months pregnant. And a man drove by and he saw what was happening. He climbed out of his car. He ran to the person who was at the steering wheel and he said, how dare you allow this lady who's seven months pregnant to push the car? And Ali climbed out of the car and here this other lady was with seven, eight months pregnant. 
You know, and the story that I learned is that be very, very careful when you're running on empty. Be very, very careful. And so, my friends, I believe God wants us to take care of the spiritual, which does comprise the emotional, the mental, but also the physical. There, is, there are few things worse when we have an illness that recurs on a, off, or, or, on a regular basis and it, it kind of debilitates us. And the enemy is so clever to latch himself onto that. And to try and pull us down. My friends, I am reminded, even when I am emotionally so low that I've gone past empty. Even when mentally I'm struggling to believe the promises of God because of the lies of the enemy. Even when physically I feel so drained because there's disease is debilitating. My friends, God wants to speak to each and every one of us today. And the loving Heavenly Father wants to eyeball us. And He wants to say to you, you're fighting a fight you cannot lose. Because I have overcome. I believe God wants to give us courage today. Not to give up, not to run away, but to push through. You see, our fight is a spiritual fight in a natural world. Our fight is not only universal, but personal, as I said. We have an enemy, and his name is Satan, but we have a defender whose name is Jesus, who already shamed the devil in his own backyard. It is a fight. But we win because we have seen the end. Just want to look at a few things to make it manageable for you and for me as we find ourselves potentially in this compromising place, in this fight which we cannot lose. Sounds paradoxic in nature, but that's how our faith is. When we are weak, we are strong. That's the nature of the gospel. To be the head, we must become the tail. To, uh, uh, to lead, we must first serve. That's the paradoxical nature of the gospel. When you feel that you've lost, that's when you actually start to win. <laughs> Because he is so for us. He purchased you. He bought you. Not with silver or gold, Peter says. But with his precious, precious blood. That's so incredibly powerful. So just a few things. This passage, to fight a fight we cannot lose, commands us, firstly, to be strong. <laughs> you say, Lord, I feel so weak at the moment. I'm so under pressure at the moment. But God would remind us today to be strong, even with the very, very little energy that you have. 
empathy to be strong. For those of you who are new within Switzerland, who have just moved here, you'll find the excitement of moving here. And then about a month into your move, you see the enormity of the challenges here. We've been here now for nine years. And many of you know that we absolutely love living here. But we had to be strong in the Lord in so many ways. And, and we had to fight battles. Um, Wayne Rothman. Wayne, are you still here? Where's Wayne? Wayne was playing in the team this morning. His mother died at 2 o'clock this morning. And um, I know his mother and father, well, Glynis, he was here playing in the band. And um, in moments like these, you feel very, very weak. Uh, you're living in Switzerland. Your family live in South Africa. You know, uh, 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 for me to say be strong almost sounds cruel. But, but with the very little strength that the Rothman family have, even at this time, the Bible says, and we encourage them and we stand with them, and we say to them, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. In His mighty power. When we find ourselves in these positions, Jesus speaks to us, and He says in Matthew chapter 12, Verses 20 and 21. He says, A bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Till he has brought justice to, through to victory. And his name to the nations will put their hope. A bruised reed he will break. Do you remember what a reed was used for in Old Testament times? It was to, to blow through. And a beautiful sound would come out of it. And so oftentimes, that reed would be bruised. And that beautiful sound wouldn't come out again. And oftentimes, that bruised reed is worth nothing, and they will break it. Jesus said, even though you are bruised today, he's not going to break you as that reed. As a matter of fact, he will again restore you so that you can blow a tune through that reed. He wants you to sing a song again. He wants you to rejoice in him. Bruce Reed, he will not break. Smoldering wick, he will not snuff out. You see, we see that wick just some some smoke, and we want to blow, and we, we just want to um, use something else. Jesus says, no, if you're in that place, he said, I'm going to light you again so that you can produce life. You can be of great use. So the word of God to us today is, is that he is so, so for us. And when we understand that without any arrogance, Having confidence in Jesus. We can be strong in Him. And in His mighty power. 
And then secondly, when we are strong in His mighty power, when we understand that He is for us, He just says that we need to put some things on. (laughs) What does He say in verse 13? Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand, put on. My friends, if you would rather stay in bed and not get up, my counsel to you is sleep a little bit longer, but not too long. Amen? Get up and put on the full armor of God. Now, I do know that within the Greek, when we look at this passage, it, it is in the orus uh, continuous tense, you know, where you put it on once and for all, and it's there. Now, I understand that. But this passage does refer to the fact that we need to put it on again. So, not, not squibble over these things. Let's just take the Bible at full value, and let's, in the morning, when we need to, when our spirit is full of despair, the Bible says, you know, Jesus will become our joy. Paradoxically, nature, but it's because of what he has done within our lives. Put on. You know, and, and, and I think the truth that came out for me, for you, is that we need to live in a state of readiness. When you put on the full armor of God, we live every day ready. My friends, when I go into a fight, and um, in my younger years, I, believe it or not, but you can believe me today, uh, I, I was in a form of martial arts that I was involved in. And I was one of the youngest guys that they wanted to give a, a scholarship to go to Japan to go and get my black belt. And so don't mess with me. And, and I remember, you know, Every fight we went into, there was a readiness. You, you had to live ready. You know, it's all of the sportsmen that they had to live in a state of readiness within their lives. And, 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 and so they had to put on things. It's exactly the same with the Christian order. This battle that we're in, my friends, when we start drifting away, that's when the enemy will take a side swipe at us. It hurts. But Jesus is saying to you, fighting a fight, you can't lose, get up, put on. And so, my friends, just whenever we think things are so rosy, it's amazing when we start to neglect what God has called us to and and, and the spiritual side of who we are. So I want to encourage us as a people to live in a state of readiness. Colossians chapter 4 verse 2 says this. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thankful. And then thirdly, knowing that we are fighting a fight we cannot lose, we still need to stand firm. Stand firm then, in verse 14, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. 
My friends, when you feel the pressure upon you, don't retreat, but press in to Jesus. Don't retreat. It's amazing how pressure can cause us to do things that are totally out of character. He wants you to press into Jesus when the pressure is on. People normally would say, well, yet if the pressure is on, just, just take all pressure off of you. It's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches that we need to press into Jesus, the parrot, pra, uh, uh, paradoxical nature of, of God's Word, the fight that we are fighting. And then, fourthly, take up Ephesians chapter 6, verse 7. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, taking the helmet salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. My friends, take up the shield of faith. We know that there's offensive um, uh, uh, garments that we need to put on and defensive. But here, when we take up the shield of faith, which we extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, when we take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, my friends, we push forward into God and we don't give up. We don't raise the white flag to the enemy and we don't surrender. It's so easy to surrender when we're under this type of pressure. It is amazing when Paul tells the church to take up the shield of faith, to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, to take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I believe that is referring to the mental battle that you and I have. The mental battle has become one of the fiercest battles that we need to fight within our day and age. If you're someone who enjoys the social media platforms, the attack from those platforms are fierce. They're fierce because they're entering the mind. And my friends, there is that battle that goes on. The Bible says that we need to take the shield of faith. We need to take the helmet of salvation. My friends, if we don't live in the Bible, the Word of God, it is so easy for the, for the enemy to fire those arrows into our minds. Fight that battle. It's a very, very tough battle to, to win in ourselves when we're in that place. And then just lastly, we need to pray. We need to pray. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18, Paul says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all God's people. My friends, when we pray, we bend the knee only to Christ and to Christ alone. That is the significance of prayer. If we don't pray, we're in danger of not bending the knee to Christ. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have prayer 
as an avenue or as a weapon to fight this battle that we're in. As a matter of fact, I could never be a pastor of a church like this if I didn't believe in prayer. There are times we just don't have answers for what you are going through. But the one thing we can do is to pray. And for my sons who live in different parts of the world, I may not be able to touch them, but I can pray for them. Such a comfort. When their lives seem to be out of control at, you know, from the time that they left us ho- our home and you feel insecure as parents, you know, prayer is such an amazing weapon. There's a lot of younger families, my friends, Get well acquainted with prayer at the age that you are at. You're going to need it more when your children get a little bit older. Ken, am I right? Amen. Amen. His children are getting to the place where my children were at a few years ago. Ken said to me the other day, he says, I didn't realize that those are the battles that you have to fight. We're fighting some some of them now, and it's true. And we can only do it through prayer. Love the fact that we have ladies coming together on a Tuesday morning and they're praying for the international school on a Tuesday morning here. We have a church pre-meeting every Tuesday at half past eight to quarter past nine. It's on Zoom so that people can get there after work. My friends, for me, it is one of the most important meetings within our church Because of the battles that you are going through, we need to pray for each other. Invite you to this time. The ladies on Wednesdays get together and they pray. On Fridays they get together and pray. Our small groups right throughout the week, a portion of the small group meeting should be devoted to prayer. Because not everybody can make the Tuesday night prayer meeting and go to a small group. I understand that. But we have to devote ourselves to prayer as a church. Is that too strong? If you think it is, give me a nod like this. If you don't think it's too strong, would you just say, no, it's not too strong? Of course it isn't, because it is so important for us. I want to encourage you on every front as we enter into this year. It is my practice. It's a Sunday, last Sunday morning. I would speak to a family, and as I speak to them, it's almost like the Holy Spirit just said, pray for them right there. And I would just say, would you mind if I can pray for you? A couple I hadn't seen for years, they visited their children, but they're not a part of the church. Not even the children, but they come here to lift. They say to me, it's an older couple from England, they say, when we come here, it is, it is like God fills us. And I said to them last week, can I pray for you? They said, I'd love to. And we just prayed for them. Let's develop this type of culture within our church. Instead of talking about so many other things, halfway in your discussion, just say, hey, would you mind if I pray for you? My friends, God does mighty things. When we're on bended knee, only to Christ and to Christ alone. My friends, I want you to know that at this very moment, the Bible says, That Jesus is interceding for us. Let's keep fighting that fight which you cannot lose. And so as the worship team comes up, I want to address...
the difference between those of us who are in Christ and those of us who are outside of Christ. Those who are believers and those who are not believers. Would you come and give me two minutes of your time as I address you today? You see, as believers, the devil comes to us and he fights to disarm us of everything that Christ has given to us so that we cannot wage war against him. He's on us all the time for those who are believers. For those who aren't believers, sometimes he doesn't worry about those who are not believers because they are already following his ways. But what oftentimes happens is the devil is not for you. He will push you in a place and then suddenly he will take advantage of you and he'll mess with you. You're fighting a fight you cannot win. This morning I feel for those of you who aren't believers that Jesus would say to you, he wants to fight for you. Really felt that within my heart as I was just thinking about you yesterday. If you're not a believer, Jesus says, I want to fight for you. But you've got to open the door for him to step in. The devil is not a gentleman. He fights dirty. Jesus wants to come and he wants to fight for you. Would you stand, please?